Oh, well, it's exciting today. We've got a big blue pool over there, um, which is, was a bit of a concern, actually, to me, to be honest, because um, I thought I was going to be preaching about weddings, which, um, you know... Um, <laughs> But I, I, I had a quiet word with Christian, and, um, and apparently they asked me to um, speak on baptism. So we'll scrub that, and we'll speak on baptism. Um, and, um, but I'll keep the rings kind of thing there, because um, what I thought would be quite good is actually um, to, to make the most of this and do a bit of a comparison between weddings and baptisms. Now, it may not be something that you particularly think about, but weddings are things that most of us are very familiar with. Most of us have been to weddings. Uh, most of, weddings are quite upbeat, exciting things, and these are very upbeat, exciting times to come to a baptism. And I thought, well, it'd be interesting to have a look at what the similarities are, but let's first of all have a look at what the differences are. So, first of all, with a baptism, because of that big blue thing, you get very wet. Um, whereas if you go to a wedding, most grooms will spend most of the time making sure that the bride doesn't get wet, particularly if that liquid is red wine. Um, wine and uh, bridal dresses and water and bridal dresses don't mix very well, so there's a, some people in the church who are going to be married soon. Take note, grooms. Um, one thing that a wedding has is it has a mahoosive cake. Every wedding has to have a mahoosive cake, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, baptism, you get small cakes with a coffee, if you're lucky. <laughs> Although today, or rather yesterday, there was a bake-off, so we're, we're going to enjoy some cake today, so that's a good thing. Um, one thing that is often a stress in a wedding is the best man forgets the ring. <laughs> uh, usually for baptism, it's a case that the stewards forget to heat the water up. <laughs> now, some of you who have been baptised before, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. It's happened. Yeah, they do sometimes. But I've just pointed out, sometimes it's a bit too hot. Um, it's like nobody's ever happy, are they? I don't know. So there, there was just some differences. But what about things which are similar? And there are, you might be surprised to find that there are quite a few things which are similar between baptism and weddings. So the first similarity is that there is a lifelong commitment. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for that particular reaction, because my university mates, we used to call commitment the C word. You know, um, are you prepared to commit? Romans 12 says, I, for 1 to 2, says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Living sacrifice sounds like a pretty committal thing, doesn't it? They say the difference between involvement and commitment is like ham and eggs, where the chicken is involved and the, and the pig is committed. Isn't that the case? Yeah. Uh, Matthew 22, 37 says, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God. Well, he was quoting from Deuteronomy. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. That sounds like commitment to me. Uh, the people who are going to be... Uh, in the water today, they are here because they are making a lifelong commitment to walk with God. Now, with the lifelong commitment, they could just sit there and, and know about it and decide that they're going to commit. There are lots of, I get questions sometimes from people who say, you know, what, if I'm going to get, 
why do I need to get married to be committed to my party? My, my party? My, <laughs> my partner. Um, and the, the reality is there is something important about going out there in public. So there's an outward declaration piece. So there, a declaration that you have a lifelong commitment. Um, a wedding declares that you love somebody. And a baptism declares that you love and have faith in God. Following this so far? All good, yes? People are nodding there, looking there. Man, check over there, he's looking at me. Ali sometimes says she doesn't know where I'm going with these preachers. When, I, when my, my wife reads stories, um, I sometimes just go to the back page and read out loud the last paragraph just to wind her up. Why would you ever tell people where you're going until you've got there? Anyway. <laughs> Um, outward declaration. So outward, with an outward declaration becomes a promise. So at a wedding, we have vows, don't we? Um, it, it, we, we have this great word for them, vows. But they are a promise. They're a promise that for better or worse, through sickness and in health, you are going to be walk with and do life with this other individual. Um, baptism is a promise to God to commit to him all your days and to live a life of worship and discipleship. Amen? Amen. 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 Good. See, Christian got loads of feedback. I'm, 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 I'm expecting you to keep this up. Right, so we have an outward declaration of promise, and the key bit about all of that is it is before witnesses. And while there is this, um, this role, this formal role in, in wedding space called a witness, the reality is it's before your family and friends. Yeah? So you've got this lifelong commitment... You made a promise to one another, but you're doing it before witnesses. Because if you did it in a, you know, if a couple do it in a quiet room, that's all well and good, making a commitment and saying to each other um, that you're going to love them all the, all the life and you're committed. But if you do it in front of your family and your friends and the community, that's different, isn't it? And that's why we do it. And it's done before God in the presence of witnesses. The guys who are going in the water today have made a, already a determination that they will follow and live with God. A promise to God, but this is an opportunity before family and friends and before witnesses to uh, follow God and that people know that they have got this, this faith within them. Uh, so it's an opportunity to put yourself in a position that you can be held to account for the promises that you make. We're good so far. Good so far. So... Um, one of the other things, the next thing is a new life. Now, this might be less obvious, but I remember that um, when I got married, we'd been married nearly, nearly 25 years, 25 year, this year in December. Woo. And I'm clapping my wife for putting up with me for 25 years. Yeah. I already knew that. <laughs> But I remember when we were, because I was living in Southampton at the time, and we got married in Southampton, and the guy who married us, a guy called Billy Kennedy, um, he made the comment when we were, I think it was actually in the, in the, um, in what he was saying in the meeting, that um, Teresa put aside, basically, where she was living, which at that time was Cambridge. She was moving away from family, moving away from friends, to join my life. So she had decided to sacrifice her own life so that she could live a life with me. There is an inward reality that happens when you put your faith in Christ 
a new life happens. Colossians 2.22 says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptised, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And Romans 6 says, We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So there is a new life. Now, this next one might surprise some of you a little bit, because uh, both there is a bride and a groom. Ooh. You may not, yeah, there's clearly brides and grooms at weddings. You would hope so, at least. Um, uh, But Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. Both John the Baptist and Jesus himself refers to Jesus as a bridegroom. And when we look at descriptions of the church in the Bible, which is uh, the bride of Christ, it talks about the bride of Christ collectively but also individually. We are made in the image of God and that we are wedded with Christ. So when we come to faith in Christ and we go through baptism, there's an element where we are getting married to God. We are having that level of commitment and that level of oneness and intimacy with God. uh, And we are committing ourselves to that publicly. So while today we've got three women who are getting married today, but in these uh, days of gender diversity and fluidity, I have to mention that all you blokes who are Christians, you're actually brides, all right? Because you're all married to Christ, all right? You might not like that, but it's, it's true. Uh, and then this final one is a response to falling in love. So, I oh know. Thank you. I love these sound effects. We, uh, we should go Andy. We should get Andy his own microphone. Um, <laughs> uh, with a wedding, there is a proposal. Or at least you imagine there is. And you would imagine there was also a positive response. Um, our, but that positive response came out of love for the question being asked, will you marry me? Yes. Um, When I proposed, I didn't get down on one knee, much to my wife's... um, It reminds me regularly, it was in a darkened corridor in in the church building in in, uh, Southampton. It took her a while for her to answer, which got me a bit worried at the time. But she did, in the end, say yes. Um, So Matthew 28, verse 19 says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, I want you to go and do this baptism. He kind of puts it as a commandment out there. Now I've said, you know, in previous preachers, I've talked about we're not under law, we're under grace. But John 14 says, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. So when Jesus has asked us that question... The response of getting getting baptised is not one of just kind of going, you know, I've got to get baptised because I need to obey him. You want to obey him because you've fallen in love with him. These three people here today have fallen in love with Jesus. And this is their response publicly to say, yes, I want to do what you've commanded me to do because I love you and I want to live a life with you. Baptism is a command we obey out of love and that's our response. Um, you may have heard the analogy that, um, um, which I think I've used a few times, that uh, your people's walk with Christ is 
like uh, driving a car. Some people may have heard this. And I always think, for me, at least the best way I can do this analogy for me is that you're in the driving seat and Jesus is in the passenger seat. But at any one time, Jesus is happy to take over. He won't force taking over the driving of the car, uh, but he wants you to let him. And um, that's what what with God is like. Um, and constantly we are being asked by God to just let him drive the car. And that can be scary at times. What's happening today is not just, um, for those people who aren't you know, familiar with weddings, but maybe not so familiar with what happens in church life, this is not like some initiation ceremony where people kind of jump over seats or do funny things to become part of the church club. This is a marriage ceremony between these guys and God. This is their response to falling in love and committing themselves to living a life walking with him. I'm going to ask the band to come back up now. But while they're coming back up, I have got three pieces of advice for our Baptists. We have three Baptists. We have, we have Emma Bridge, who is sitting over there. We have Katie Hadlin, who... Is she back in? Yes, of course, you're out. I knew you. I don't know why I went over and talked to you. And Elizabeth Walsh, who's right at the front. So my three pieces of advice to you guys. First, when you're in the pool and you go down into the water, remember to hold your breath. <laughs> now, you lot might snigger, but when you're in the centre of attention and it's very exciting and all this is happening, the number of people that forget they should actually close their mouth <laughs> and put their nose in or whatever, and, and people go, yeah, and they come up, <coughs> and it's, 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 yeah, it kind of, it kind of takes a the edge of the moment for those guys. So remember to hold your breath. The second piece of advice is when you get out, um, find the person who matters most to you in this auditorium today. And um, before you dry off, go and give them a massive hug. <laughs> All right? Okay? And third and finally... For the rest of your life, remember this like you would do a wedding day. And from this day forward, let Jesus drive the car in your lives. It's going to be scary at times, but I can guarantee you, it will be exciting. It will be exciting.